Welcome to episode 573 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, a team up along to episode 573 of Iron Talk of Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm good, and we are back. We are, we are, we are looking like we're leaning into each other. We're about to make it up. About to make it Don't get your hopes up, Bevan. <laughs> You're in my bedroom. <laughs> Joe's not here. This is looking very suspicious. Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by... Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. Oh, and these include... John, but you do it because I haven't got the notes in front of me right now. We, we've got a few of our camp athletes. Oh, let's send these ones. Phil, the Philinator Patterson. Nice. Murray, the Holy Hammer Lapworth. Yeah. And Marisa... Dirty Rascal Rastetta. Now, wait a second, John. In my show notes here, where have you put the show notes? I haven't. I've just written oh. them in front of me now. Okay, so I don't actually know what's happening now. Okay. We're okay. going to do... A in this week's show, in today's show. We're going to do a bit of a wrap-up of what we've been doing for what, the last five weeks, and then we're going to run through a little bit of what we've been doing on the camp. First things first, so I might have to answer that knocking at your door. Is it knocking at my door? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. You keep talking. And then we are going to go through... A few interviews that I hopefully Bevan has been doing. I've been busy organising the camp and making sure everybody's... Um, oh, Bevan's servicing of his room's happening now. No, we're just going to do a general update of people on the camp, what we've been doing, and then over the coming days we're going to be releasing a show every day. We'll start, we'll see some of the pros tomorrow. Uh, we've got Scott Molina on today's show who's been on the camp and a bunch of the athletes that are here as well. Yeah, so it's kind of a combination of the next few days. We're going to do a little bit of what's, you know, people from the camp and then a little bit about what's been happening over in Challenge Road, which kind of really starts kicking in from tomorrow, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. We make our transfer across to a place called Nuremberg, which is the main city just north of Rote, and that's where we sort of based for the four to five days leading into the race. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Let's talk about the camp first, John. So we arrived... A few days ago, I can't remember now. We're on day four today, and today is Mon- no, yeah, Tuesday for Tuesday. us. So yep. we started off on Saturday with a lap of the course, which was fantastic, a lap of the bike course. And it was great just being back out there, seeing how Ironman effort and Ironman power kind of compares to speed, um, having a look at the hills again. What well, was it? Because your Ironman power is what? So I'm sort of looking around 230 watts, 235-ish. And what kind of speed was that relative? Because you must have done some efforts. Mm, average speed was nearly 37 k's an hour. Nice. Um, so that's looking pretty promising. Uh, but just for us Kiwis, the roads are just ridiculously smooth. It's so easy to keep a high average speed. Um, it's just awesome. But again, it was a great chance to go see the course, see the hills. It's, it's a real twisting... Um, not, I wouldn't say a hilly course, but there's hills on it. It's just a course you've got to be on it the whole time in terms of concentrating. I think, um, I think one other thing that, that's really great about the course is it's quite an interesting course. Mm, absolutely. You know, like you're going through little towns, and then when you're on the flat bits, there's some flat bits, but then you've got some rollers, and then some little climbs. A little bit of steeper climbs, you've got some false flats. But the key thing is, is you've got lots of gentle downhill and lots of fairly high-speed um, 
sort of straights where you just need to put the foot down and keep it down and yeah so it was fantastic for the athletes to be able to check the course we then uh, we were staying at a place called Hippelstein which is right where uh, the Solarberg Hill is which is the hill where you guys will see tens of thousands of people were standing on and we were staying right there we ran down to just beyond where the swimmers had a little swim and then ran back day two we had another swim or some of us did and then we uh, biked into Rote which is only 10 kilometers away and ran um, half of the course so they have got a course change this year so we ran the first 10k of the course and then some of us biked this the, the new part of the course which was again interesting uh, in what way it's going to be more spectator friendly it had uh, a bit of a hill and then a, just a long gentle hill and some false flats and then a nice little turnaround point in a town had some shade in the forest which I think will be really welcome relief so I think it's a more interesting nicer course um, but I just wonder if it's going to be a little bit slower that's all so does it change how you're going to rest the race not really, other than just controlling. It was really good to ride it because the false flats on the way out I thought were flat and then we came back on the bike, we were humming down. So probably just a little bit of pace alterations uh, through the hillier sections, but other than that, not really. Okay. And then uh, day three, we did a 110km ride from Hippelstein to a place called Regensburg. Beautiful city, beautiful ride. Uh, we managed to plot a route that was... You know, off the beaten track pretty well, had some nice climbs and again plenty of high speed riding so that was good times and then this morning, so we're on day 4, we had a very gentle 6k run around Regensburg um, uh, centre city and it's kind of got, a tourist run, it was it a was. pretty place but isn't it? It's great, I think yeah. it's World Heritage listed. Yeah and Grant was saying, Grant one of the, the Americans who's on the camp was saying that it was one of the only places that wasn't bombed. Oh and really? Yeah, so it is very, you know, it's got, you know, what's undamaged from the war, so mm. it's really great. So had a little run around town, we went out for a beautiful bike ride, 55 to 60 k's, um, over what I think was the old Challenge Regensburg course, and it was a great climb, nice big long climb in the middle, mm. through some forests, nice quiet roads, had to do a bit of bike path riding early on, and then uh, we're going to pop down to the pool for a bit of uh, sunbathing and a short swim later on. And from here on in, oh, I suppose we'll talk about it daily from here on in. Yeah, so th things start to wind down. You know, a number of people on the camp have been concerned. You know, we're doing a bit of extra volume. Um, so today's really the last sort of decent training day. And after this, we sort of move into what you probably call more proper tapering, where it's, you know, shorter, easy sessions and just uh, ticking over. So today's sort of the last proper training day. So just some funny stories. James Thomas uh, got lost on the first day. He's our he first did. losser, but then... He, he, he was in the... So we... I strongly suggest that everybody have garments mm. uh, and you can do turn by turn instructions and James was I think in his group the only one with a Garmin and he managed to get lost oh did he have the Garmin he had the Garmin oh James shopping up yeah. <laughs> but then Sean Dooley is definitely taking the I'm getting lost the most because in three of the sessions he's got lost now. Yeah, the yeah. second, the, the the ride we had yesterday. The first ride, the same one, he got a little bit lost on that one. Yeah. And then on the run, he got a little bit lost. Right. And then the ride yesterday, he got a little bit lost. He got lost right from the start. We hadn't even taken off from the ride. We're standing there, we staggered it. We had um, the fastest group going last, obviously, and the middle group went 15 minutes before, and the first group went 15 minutes before that. And we hadn't even left, and we were getting calls. He's lost, they're lost, they're off course. Yeah. 
So, but they, luckily we've got a great support crew. Got to say, support crew are phenomenal, aren't they? Legendary. Yeah, they really are. Okay, so what's going to happen in today's show is basically I did an interview for about 35, 40 minutes with Scott Molina. He's always great to get on the show. And then I kind of do about seven to eight minutes with, I'm going to try to get everyone on the camp over the next few days and, and you know, put them in with the kind of challenge road stuff we do as well. So today it's going to be Scott and then I think I've got about six or seven interviews with people on the Epic Camp and it's really quite cool because I'm just kind of seeing what their triathlon, long, triathlon life means um, and so you can check that all out and then John and I will be back at the end. And we've got, um, I'm rooming with uh, Thierry today and tomorrow and he had, you know, he really said there's a really different mix of people on the camp. Yeah, we've got cool. some younger guys, we've got some middle-aged people, we've got some older people from different countries, different, you know, we've got faster people, we've got slower people, so it's a real mix on this camp. And uh, let's do a sponsor before we get into Scott John's. Sponsor! Extreme Endurance. Oh, tell me about it. I was in the elevator yesterday. As you always you were like there all the time. And uh, Kevin Hunt said to me, extreme endurance stuff really works oh do you really yeah. and number it's it's just cool well, even ollie when we turned up and he was saying oh geez I'm, I'm living on this stuff now and and that's the thing a number of the guys that are on the camp you know have tried it and that's the best feedback we get and knowing that we're obviously endorsing a product that people find really does give them a, a, a good boost so um, all the athletes on the camp got a little sample pack and um, the ones that weren't on it already are cracking into it and it's helping them get through the week and it's going to help them smoke the race at the weekend if you want to get yours go to xendurance.com remember the promo code imtalk20 get yourself 20% discount rock and roll okay guys xendurance.com check it out for your extreme endurance and as John was saying there's lots of evidential proof from our listeners they really like what what that does for them Uh, here's Scott Molina with our first interview okay team we're very very happy to have the legend the the Terminator do people still call you the Terminator Uh, occasionally like back in the 80s when you were the Terminator branding of athletes wasn't such a big thing no yeah and so so how'd that start there was the man and there was the Terminator there was the grip there was ST short for Scott Tinley and that was it really for a decade, really. Who, who first called you the two um, uh, Bill Kotowski, uh, who was the originator of Triathlete Magazine, uh, which was, I think, about the second triathlete uh, magazine in existence, but it was the most popular at the time. Yeah, I do want to talk a lot about kind of Germany mm. and, and the sport and, and rote and all that today, but uh, I remember what you told me about the guy who started Power Bar, and how he came into you. Tell, tell that story. Brian Maxwell, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He sent me these little turds in sandwich bags <laughs> and said, I've got this idea for a, for a supplement company and a, you know an energy source for, for triathletes and cyclists and runners and and it's going to be called Power Bar. And there was little, little, these little turds and they were, they were okay, but they were certainly a lot more chewy than the final version. Yeah. And, and and when they come in little sandwich bags, kind of all disfigured, looking like a dog turd, it just didn't it didn't seem that appealing. <laughs> but I thought, okay, well, it's, I, I read the nutrients uh, and the contents, and I knew Brian Maxwell was a very good marathoner, two twelve. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah, okay. a real good Canadian guy who coached uh, Cal Berkeley, where I sort of almost went uh, in in college to run track and cross country. So I knew of him, and. Um, and I, I asked for a percentage of the company because uh, I can't really afford to pay you. I said, okay, give me 1% of the company. And he goes, no, I can't do that. I said, give me one quarter of 1% of the company. And he said, no, I, I just can't give any of the company away. Uh, I said, I can't even afford the legal bills to do that anyway. Yeah. And um, 
So yeah, that would have been a, a, a good payoff yeah, in, the, in, the, in the long run, but, but he decided not to do it. And so uh, I was sort of never sponsored by Power Bar. Oh, really? Yeah, so be, you because of that. Now I said, nah, well, I can't do anything for you. Well, yeah. What were some of the other things that came at the time? Because it was such a fast-moving time in the sport, wasn't it? Yeah, Oakley was a similar situation. Uh, they were an early sponsor. Uh, they paid me good money um, for a company that was just off the ground. They made ski goggles and other stuff like bike grips uh, for BMX bikes, and uh, but mostly ski goggles. And um, they were just getting into the cycling eyewear market, and they, they, they gave me a nice contract. And then about a year and a half later, when it came to renegotiate, I said, I would, I would love, you can't afford to pay me much more, but I'd love a, a share in the company. Same thing. And, um, and they turned me down. And my God, if if I if I'd have, if I'd have landed one quarter of one percent of Oakley, <laughs> exactly, you know, we wouldn't be here talking right now. But before Oakley, were there another glasses? Uh, yeah, there uh, there were uh, about the same time. And then I so I I moved to um, two other sunglass companies. Unfortunately, over time, uh, one went bankrupt straight away. They didn't even last six months. Oh, wow. And they just overextended themselves, thinking they were going to be the next Oakley. Yeah. And then there was uh, one called, um, oh, God, San Diego guy. They were mostly in the motorbike um, goggles industry. Um, Jay, oh, I forget. Anyway, um, I, I um, did a race in Australia where... Um, I only had a dark pair of goggles and it was raining, pissing down, and I borrowed a pair of clear sunglasses for that day. Yeah. And um, they got a picture of it, oh, of okay. me wearing somebody else's sunglasses. Oh, no. And they fired me straight, oh, really? straight away. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, um, Did any, any companies ever give you ownership? Um, well, good question. Two. The one, the sunglass company that went out of business, <laughs> and a, a shoe company that. Um, formed after uh, the Look Style pedals first came in, the first yep. clip-in pedals came in yep. in '86 or '87, and this this other company had a new idea, a different idea of a cleat system, and they gave me ownership, and they went straight uh, bankrupt like within nine, twelve months as oh, well. Wow. Um, I think that was about it. <laughs> it does, but it does show how tough it is. You know, I think everyone thinks if you get that, if you if you are the one who wins the idea, you're going right. to make a lot of money. But right. it's a lot of people chasing an idea. Isn't oh they? yeah, yeah. There's a lot of inventors out there who who have great ideas, but for whatever reason they never get off the ground or or just overextend themselves, try to go p- too big too soon. Did you ever want to do the business side of it yourself? No, 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 no. no, no. I, I watched Scott Tinley um, form his own clothing yeah, line, yeah. and he worked his ass off, you know. And his his wife was involved in the business, and I thought, oh my God, you know, they're just killing themselves to get this thing going. Yeah. And they did they did good for a while, but yeah. it was it was just so much work. I Didn't thought, he sell oh, a New Balance? Uh, Reebok. Oh, Reebok. Okay. Yeah, wow. Reebok bought them, and then all they all they actually bought them for, Tinley didn't know this at the time, was to make Shaq T-shirts. They Sha- want they what, want what was Shaq T-shirt? Sha- Sha- uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, okay. The basketball player. Oh, so this one is production line. Right. Oh, they okay. Want his pr- production capacity. Oh, okay. Yeah, they wanted this. The next pr- one is brand. No, they just oh. buried it. Essentially, oh, didn't really? even use it. Oh. No, they just, you know his his company, the manufacturing side, just made uh, Shaquille O'Neal T-shirts. Oh, really? And then his brand just disappeared. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Would, but sold. Oh, yeah. I think he learned a hard lesson there. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, mean, I mean, it was paid some money, but 
he thought they were going to do big things with it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's hot and so they just it? killed it. You know, oh, sad. So, so we're in Germany. Amazingly, it's your first time ever in Germany. Yeah, yeah. I just always seem to have some other races to do. Um, I, th- I thought it would be cool to come here, but it's in the middle of the North American season too. You know, and so as a pro, I always had a ton of races to do. Um, and I didn't race overseas all that much. I, oh, I, I didn't. No, not that much, no. Nice I did six times. A few other races in Sweden. But many, many countries in Europe I never raced in, never even traveled to. And so I always sort of had this on the list, you know, this I want to come to Germany and do this event. But then once I retired, I took a break. And then there was just always some other races that were on the bucket list, you know, to do. And I can only do so many yeah. uh, when I was raising my kids especially. And so now I I do about one big event a year. Yep. And and this year this is it. And and, and you kind of in your prime and and you kind of uh, the the pro period. How were the gym? You know, in America, you, you it was pretty big. The sport was pretty yeah. huge, and you you guys had the big four and all the rest of it. What was the thought on the European athletes at that time? Well, they did come over occasionally and race, and then of course if you went to Hawaii, you saw them. Um, and uh, I did races like the French Iron Tour. I remember that was near the end of my career. You got a great story about you and Lessing. Do you want to tell that? Uh, I'll tell. Okay, I'll tell that story. But then, um, but I remember there was a German team at the French Iron Tour, and I didn't know much about the Germans. This yep. is when they were really starting to, you know, really get rolling. And on that team was Thomas Hellriegel, wow. a guy named um, uh, Rolf Aldag. Um, Lothar Leder, um, Rainer Mueller, and a bunch of young guys who were on the German national team who weren't actually good. They're, well, they were okay at Olympic yeah. distance, but they all went on to become great Ironman athletes yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, oh, so at that stage you didn't think, oh, these oh, we next killed generation. Them. Oh, we we murdered them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'd mean, love to talk with uh, somebody like... Um, um, Hell on Wheels, uh, Eagle yeah. about those days, you know, because they were just they were just really hitting their straps, you yeah. know. But we were killing them, and um, you know, to see what they they went on to do. Yeah, Rainer Mueller was also fantastic, and um, Aldag won duathlon world championships, and so there there were some really good guys there, but um, but they weren't at the level that we know now, yeah. right? In the in the late '80s and early '90s, Germans Jürgen Zach was quite good. Wolfgang Dietrich, there were some good Germans, but you know they weren't they weren't killing it in Kona mm. until mid 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 '90s yeah, really. really. Yeah. And so um, and so I knew there was a triathlon scene here and a good a good one. And they had um, the Bundesliga, that's a German series, uh, which which um, paid um, guys to do it. And Simon Lessing was part of that. Um, so yeah, my 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 first real experience with the Germans was was seeing them and meeting some of them at the at the French Iron Tour and that Simon Lessing story that you referred to. I love it. Tell it. Was was in the very first stage we had a team time trial over the sprint distance, right? So and, and you're later on in your career at this stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thirty one too. Yep. And I I got on this team, Mavic sponsored team, uh, Mavic put together team, and, and Simon Lessing sort of chose. All the Americans to be on his team to a degree, and it was uh, let's see, Andy Carlson, who was the best triathlete who never did anything. Oh really? I, oh yeah, that guy, that kid was amazing. Um, and um, so it was Andy, Jimmy Riccatello, Mike Pig, 
Wes Hobson, me, and Simon Lessing. And we killed it on that Iron Tour. Simon Lessing won every stage and the overall. And he was just, uh, he was so dominant. Uh, that was when I realized, okay, my time is coming to an end here. Okay, yeah. He was that much better. The next generation. Than he, was, he was yeah. that much better than me. I was like, ugh. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I'm glad I don't, don't have to race this guy very often. Hope he stays in Europe. And um, so we did the first, uh, this, it was a team time trial over sprint distance. So you drafted off your teammates the whole way, yep. right? And Andy Carlson was a super swimmer. And um, so he was in the front in the swim, doing backstroke part of the way to make sure we didn't drop Pig and, and Riccatello. And then we got on the bike, and, of course, Pig was just flying, you know. And we were saying, slow down, slow down, <laughs> you're dropping us, you know. And he's just going 50K an hour. And, um, but we were all good cyclists. And, and so we got onto the run, and straight away um, – Wes Hobson starts to fall behind a little bit. And so Simon, we didn't even discuss this at all prior to the race. Simon drops back and goes behind Wes and puts a hand on his low back and starts pushing him, right? <laughs> and he just pushes him straight past us, right? And we're going at about five minutes a mile or 15, 30, 5K pace, yeah. right? And so Lessing comes by, pushing Wes Hobson straight past us, and he's going significantly faster than us. So he pushes... Wes up maybe 20 meters in front of us, right? And he looks back, and um, who's getting dropped next? Uh, must have been, was it Andy? Oh, no, it wasn't, or maybe Riccatello. Anyway, I know it wasn't Pig or I, because we, <laughs> we kept yelling at each other, we ain't getting pushed, we ain't getting pushed, come on, Mike, we ain't getting pushed. <laughs> And so we were running our ass off. And so Wes Hobson gets pushed up past us. And so Simon Lessing drops back, sights jogs, <laughs> drops back and gets Riccatello, gives him a push. I think it was Ricky, Riccatello or Andy. And, and, and then pushes him past us. And then, of course, we pass Hobson, right, who's struggling. And so, so Lessing just keeps going back and forth, pushing one guy or another while we're running 1530 for 5K. And he's just like... You know, oh, my God. I was like, the guy could have ran 14 flat, you know, if he was running by himself. But he had it was a team. You, you all had to finish yeah, as a team. Yeah, yeah. And so he did that the whole way. Just push one guy ahead, drop back, go get the other guy who got dropped and push him into the front and then drop back. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, the writing was on the wall for me. That, that, that guy was, you know, way better than me. When the next generation comes through, they often don't understand or respect the generation that's kind of going out. Um, and it's not till later, until maybe they get later in their career, where they really probably appreciate those before them. Was there? Did you feel that? In uh, not at the moment, but uh, but then I think you know when Simon finally did take a crack at Ironman. Yeah. Um, then he, then only then really, guys like him, mm -hmm. fully understood uh, what we had to go through to do all distances. Yeah. You know. And he struggled. He only had one good, decent race. Placid, and, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And even then, you know, he, was, he blew up terribly on the run. So, but there were other guys, you know, at the time who just focused sheerly on uh, short course racing. And um, and I'm not sure they ever appreciated what, what, what it took to do all distances. Mm. You know, that was, if you did 10 to 25 races a year and, and two of them were Ironmans, you know, you... You were always training for an Ironman. That's the thing, and so you were always kind of had, you always kind of tired, and always had had lead legs, um, even if even if your next Ironman was 
four months away, you yeah. still were training for it, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, you're just always a bit flat, a bit, bit tired from that. With the knowledge you have nowadays, how would you train differently? Not that differently. Um, I, I would have <coughs> traveled a little bit less. Okay. Like I probably did 60 to 80 flights a year. Oh, wow. For 13 years. Wow. That's it's a lot of time flying, and jet, jet lag, airports. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that part of it was exhausting. You know, I don't. If I if I could have done the training and racing I did without all that travel, I probably would have um, raced better, and I probably would have been not so exhausted all the time. Mm. Yeah, the Germans love triathlon, and and I know you've never been here before, mm. um, but even like the, today when you guys were coming, we could do some shopping. They've got like a triathlon shop. And I don't know anywhere else in the world where you just have in a small town. Yeah. You know, like it's not a huge place where we're at right no, now. No, it's it's I, I, I even though I've never been here and, and never raced here, I, I you every other place you go to, especially Kona, yeah, you know, you see the depth of the German races. Yeah. And I read the results, you know, yeah. and I've coached a few Germans over the years. And so no, they're they're especially Iron Man. They are Iron Man crazy here. Mm. So know? what do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know. But um but I think I, I do understand why they excel so much, and that's because they have a tremendous patience for the long, boring training. Okay. You know, it's like six-hour ride. It's just like something you need to do, yeah. and they just go and do it. You know, and um, they just have the mentality to put up with the the long, boring training sessions, and it's just they 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 accept it as a matter of fact, and. Um, and, and always has been that way in Germany. They 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 were always um, really long trainers, big hours, um, and that's just their culture now. And and it's it's almost like they abhor the idea of hacking um, the sport to oh how can I do what's the most what's the minimal amount I can do to get the best result to yeah, get the best yeah, result yeah. that that idea to them is abhorrent. Yeah. That's against the culture of, of Iron Man here, mm. you know, and so they're like, oh, okay, this is what it takes to be an Iron Man, you know, and they just and they just go out and do it. Because, we've, you know, the top level in the last 15 years, we've hit some of the greatest of all time. And then, but also, you you know, the participation, like I think I wrote this weekend, including the teams, is like five, 6,000 athletes yeah. on the course. Yeah, and that's the same day as Frankfurt. Yeah, you know, yeah. Where they'll have two and a half, three thousand people there. No, it's crazy here. It yeah. really is something. Um, what, 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 in general, with the European, how is it different to maybe North American in the sport? Um, they um, probably embrace the the newer parts of the technology quicker. Yep. Uh, here, um, they um, uh, they in general they don't. Uh, think of the idea uh, that you need to be a balanced person to do this sport. They, oh, they, really? they. I think they accept the reality that when you're training for Ironman, your your life is not in balance. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, for that time. It's the choice they're willing to make. Yeah, and yeah. The, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a difference that in 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 America, and I think a lot of Western nations, you know, this idea that you need to be a balanced person and still train for Ironman. You know, that that's still a like, it's like a reality TV show, you know. It's like people think this is real, you know. It's like I don't get it. It's like, what? You're going to train 20, 25 hours a week on top of normal life and, and still you're going to be this balanced person? So I think the Germans, 
they approach it differently. You know, their mindset is that, okay, this is not, this is a very extreme thing, and that's what I'm doing, and that's okay. You've coached people for years, um, all levels. Uh, what, what are some of the biggest lessons you feel the everyday athlete needs to learn? Well, that that is one, that if, if you're going to... Um, there's always more you can do to triathlon. You can you can stretch more. You can sleep more. You can prepare your food better. You know, there's always something. Get a massage. You can, you know, there's always more you can do. And that if you think you're just going to add more and more and more stuff to do relating to the sport and not take away from the rest of your life, well, that's silly. Hmm. You know, and um, um, but then again, like I was saying, you know, I I think this a whole idea of hacking things. You know that that um, there's this idea that you can take shortcuts, mm. you know, and and and, uh, and that's okay and that's a good thing, you know, and, and uh, but it just, it's not reality, it mm. doesn't work. Um, so that's, that's the main thing I try to convey to the people that I work with, that, you know, if you're committing to this, just like if you were single, let's say, and you committed to a relationship, you know, think you're gonna your life is all those aspects of your singleness that you're gonna hang on to it's just you know come on it ain't gonna work and it's like it's the same thing you know if you add triathlon into your life in a big way and mm. really go for it and really want to achieve something um then you know it's it's uh, something's gonna have to give mm. with yourself How's your training changed? Like I know you're a little bit more limited in with your running nowadays. So how's your own training changed over the last period of That's time? That's the main main change. Yep. I don't run that much. I have scheduled breaks of months yep. every year now to try and extend my running life. Um, I'm having a really good spell now, um, which is nice. Um, probably due to having seven months off running last year. Yeah. So that's the main thing that's changed. I, I don't ride or swim as much of course but those aren't limiters for me mm-hmm. I have the time and energy to do as much as I want um, the other thing is that I um, my training is more for enjoyment than performance that's that's changed dramatically so where so so because when you're younger and you there's a lot of ego there's a lot of the challenge the winning and all the rest of it that is the enjoyment so how is the enjoyment different now the enjoyment has to be in the process Okay. Right. I'm not going to go fast. Mm. I'm not going to win races. Mm. So that aspect of the enjoyment of the sport is just not there anymore. Mm. It's just it's not going to happen. And so uh, for me now, the enjoyment is just going out and looking around and having comfortable, mellow training sessions. You know, and hanging out with others and and swimming at paces that are more comfortable and not killing myself in the pool. Or um, and the other other thing is that I have started to um, enjoy the gym work that I do a lot more over time. That was also performance-based, and I didn't enjoy it probably nearly as much as I should for the first 10 years I did it, uh, working in gyms and and then um, having my own gym now. And now that part of my uh, exercise life is just one of the parts I enjoy the most. What kind of strength work do you do? All the normal stuff that people do, you know. Uh, normal squats normal. and the, yeah, yeah squats yeah. leg presses and how often will you do strength work uh, three or four days a week yeah maybe five or six uh, sometimes uh, if I'm home in the winter especially I have a nice little gym in my house yeah. great view yeah <laughs> well oh that house I've, we've since moved houses oh you moved again have you yeah, yeah. Oh. but I still have a, I still have a nice view and a, and a nice gym so um, you know it can be cold and freezing and 
dark outside and, and I have my own little gym with a nice TV and nice stereo and we'll put on some podcasts to listen to you guys sometimes and um, so that part of my exercise life is is one of the really enjoyable parts of life now it's interesting because I, I st- my, my fitness journey started in the weights room with Warren yeah, Thin yeah, you know? yeah. and Warren would destroy me yeah. as, as he did Warren Thin for those who don't know was this personal trainer who technique didn't really matter did it Scott <laughs> oh, a little bit he, he also won like seven uh, New Zealand he taught me means of toughness yeah like, he really did he was amazing um but I, and so i was in the weights room before i did triathlon i was just an animal yeah. and then i did triathlon and now i go back to the weights room and i've kind of lost that mental muscle yeah it's something i need to develop within myself so well i, d- I don't know that we need to kill ourselves that much that's what i've that's what i've learned is okay. that you know you can still get really good results and feel good about working out in the gym without destroying yourself yeah you know, and 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 so now when I when I look forward to my gym sessions, I don't think, oh my God, you know, this is going to be a killer session. Yeah, you know? I just think it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, what, what is? Because most people don't do strength work. Why would you encourage it? Well, because you look scrawny and <laughs> tell them what's on your helmet. You'll be scrawny. <laughs> you know, you'll be a skinny wimp. Uh, I'm 57, right? Yeah. And, and you, and, you know, kind of man love here, but you do look pretty mint. Well, I, I don't. I, I, it's important to me to, to look and feel like a strong, uh, vibrant human being. Yeah. You know, and not a wimpy, uh, <laughs> skinny, scrawny guy that can run a fast 5K. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is, I'm not going to run a fast 5K anyway. So, you know, that's one of the reasons I really got into the gym work. I was injured so much, I couldn't run anyway. Mm. So I thought, well, if I can't run, then and I can't run fast, then what does it matter if I weigh 10 or 20 pounds more? You know? Yeah. But but then I just started to enjoy the whole process of it, you know, how to how to work muscles in different ways and how to work your body in different ways and really enjoy it. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, uh, you know, it's funny because people think if you do triathlon that you know, that becomes the all, the end, the end result is everything, right? What's your Ironman time, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and, and it's funny because there's probably 100,000 more guys who want to bench press 300 pounds in the world yeah. than want to do a 10-hour Ironman, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we're, triathletes are just still, as part of the, the fitness world, we're still a teeny, tiny percentage. Yeah. You know of people who work out yeah you know and um and so those other sides of of exercise i i just enjoy it you know the challenge of it you know pushing pushing more weight doing more reps you know all that sort of thing i still still like that side that side of exercise so how do you approach this weekend um well i did i did lose some weight for this race so that i could run decent yep um well, i did notice when we kind of we're running past you the other day. You kind of tacked on. You, 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 you still wanted to get that speed on, didn't you? Well, I want to see what four four ten k felt like because I, I usually don't do that. That's <laughs> that sort of running pace anymore. Um, but like the last, I remember when I went to Kona, I weighed at eighty two kgs. You know, and that was sort of close to the biggest I ever was. I think I got up to about eighty four, and now I'm seventy five. And did you always say pretty the same lean mess? Um, I used to be seventy to seventy five for a long, long time until I was probably mid-40s. Yep. And that's when I couldn't run for years. I seemed to have calf injuries just year after year after year. And so that's when I got big into the gym yep. and just decided to give away running altogether, really, because yep. I couldn't. And so I got bigger and bigger. But um, so anyway, I'm, I'm quite a lot lighter 
than the last couple of Ironmans I've done. Okay. And, um, and uh, that does make running a lot easier. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Weight is a big factor in, in your run speed. And so, um, so for this weekend, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping anywhere in the 9.35 to 45 range is probably realistic. Anything faster than that would be a bonus. Um, and so, but I, I just, I just want to be part of this race. This thing is, is part of our culture, has been forever, and, and it's just one, one more part of the sport I want to experience. When Challenge Lift, when they disbanded from Ironman, yeah. was it a big thing at the time? Um, yeah, it was a pretty big thing yeah. because it was the biggest race in Europe, the most prestigious. Well, Nice, Nice, and this one were pretty close at the time, I yeah. think. Uh, but this was growing, and um, and the sport in Germany was growing, and I think um, the uh, WTC wanted to grab a hold of of the sport in Europe, and so this this event moving away from them surely it, it made a big impact in that in that regard, and so yes, it was a very big deal at the time. What's your thoughts on Challenge as an organization? Well, I. I I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna struggle to um, maintain the same values that they have espoused. You know, family values, local. Um, you know, uh, we'll look after you. Athlete experience. You know, any any organization that goes from the family grocer to Safeway. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's their that's their growth. Right, they're growing tremendously fast. So I, I think they'll struggle to hang on to the values that that have made them successful. Mm. Um, but I guess any companies like that when they grow, you know. Uh, um, so far, I think they've done a good job. Uh, but um, but my only real experience has been Wanaka, which is a small town race in New Zealand. And so um, so we'll see. I, I I like I said, I've always wanted to do this race, and I know it's a big. It's one of the biggest races in the world, yeah. and so I don't expect a, a small town family feel yeah. here here at all, you know. So, um, but they do seem to have a, a a standard of events that is consistently excellent, and, and you can only applaud them for that. Mm. You know, I know you're kind of choosing one event a year. These bucket list events, kind of, um, what other ones you got in front of you? Not much. Uh, this is the only triathlon, essentially, uh, left on my bucket list. Really? Yeah. And I have a couple of running events I'm not sure I'll get to. Uh, Leadville 100 Miler yep. in Colorado. Get that is, buckle. Uh, yeah, might be a little beyond me to 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 even walk that far now. Um, and and that's it. I have some other adventures that are more holidays, like hiking in Nepal, Machu Picchu, Peru, yeah. um, trips like that. Um, I have a fabulous um, cycling holiday coming up in France called. Uh, Salt Coles, Hundred Coles, um, with Ian and Julie Wright, who are friends of the yep. sh- friends of the show, yep. and friends of Epic Camp. Pyrenees Multisport. Yeah, Pyren- yeah. So I'm doing a tour with with them uh, at the end of August, and so those those are events or trips are more than what I'm looking forward to now. How does Scott Molina like to relax? Um, read. Yeah. Drink beer. Um, those are my two main main things. Uh, easy rides with um, with my my iPod. Um, those are my three main ways to relax, which are pretty much all by myself. Mm. Um, I do socialize. My wife drags me out a bit, and 
uh, quite a bit actually, and and when I do socialize, that's always fun too. Yeah. But it's never my first choice, you know. It's not my it's not my um, default. Which is fascinating because you're such a you, like a, the thing I love about you, Scott, is like even in the, I've spent time with you in camps. And, yeah. And you're so great with people. Um, you know, there's no ego. There's no, un, you know, like look at what I was. But you also just have this kind of. N- ability to entertain people uh, and you're a very good storyteller and you know like it, it's something that's I always enjoy being around and it's just interesting that it's something that not something you need really maybe push for in everyday life no 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 I'm 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 not a social I'm not a socializer in general um, what do you call it uh, what, are, what are the outgoing people called and uh, uh, extroverts yeah yeah I'm not a natural extrovert I, I don't I, I enjoy the company of people in the camps, of mm. course, you know, because those are my people and people who, who who I can relate to and they can relate to me. And so I'm more comfortable around those people and that makes it easy to be around them and enjoy their company. So, um, but outside of, of that, uh, of, the, of a small group environment of people that are, you know, where we're, we're related due to our passion for the sport, no, I, I don't, I tend to, my relaxation tends to come just on my own. Outside of sport, how do you like to challenge yourself? Um, ooh, uh, well, I have kids and grandkids, but I, 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 and I take on those challenges that they present, but I wouldn't, I'd rather it, that part of life was easier. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I know I'm sure you're just coming in, you got a teenager, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I wish those challenges were easier because mm. I'm, um, I, 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 I look forward to helping my children get through life and my grandkids now too but, but I just wish they could just I wish it was easier and um, so those type of challenges are the most stressful challenges mm. in my life mm. you know helping them um, become better people and deal with the hardships of life that they have to deal with mm. yeah that is a hard challenge like my daughter which was tough through her teenage years and it's because they're not open to you at that stage, isn't it? And so it's really tough because you want to be there, yeah. but they don't want you to be there. And no, yeah. you'd love to give advice, but if they don't want to hear it, yeah. you know, yeah. oh, you know. <laughs> and they tough. don't want to hear it. That's tough. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks so much for Tom. Good last weekend. Thank you. Um, we always love having you on the show. And, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't do social do you Are you like a Twitter guy? Or? No, no. <laughs> Once in a while I'll put a uh, post on Facebook for, for big events. Just all right, because uh, I remember no, years ago I used to read some no, articles. No, I hardly ever write for, and no one's asked me to write in ages. You know, I did. I used to do the blogs yeah. for Epic Camp, and that I always loved to do that because I felt like it was important to record mm. what we actually did because it was such a blur. Yeah. You know? um, but no, I, I don't write much at all. And um, I was talking with Tinley about that the other day. He was in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, when I was there last week, and uh, he still writes an amazing. Does he map. still study? Cause he's, he's, he's a teacher. He's oh, a, he's okay. a, he's a, college, he's a college, college professor, and um, but uh, so yes, he still does study actually, um, but mostly he teaches and he still writes, and um, and I just think you know there's there's so many good. I love reading. Yeah, I love reading good writers. Yeah. And um, and that sort of puts me off writing actually because I think oh my god that's too high oh bar's yeah. way too high <laughs> you know <laughs> and so now I just I'll leave it to the good writers uh, I, I I think I've asked you this I've talked about this one before but I remember one article you wrote this is years ago because you used to do a piece in some got some website and you're almost a bit of a hard ass in this piece it was so kind of Twitch maybe maybe this maybe. is this is like fifteen years ago right, yeah. and and it was. 
it was probably maybe before I even knew you, and, and you came across as a bit of a hard ass. I think it was kind of Melinda's corner or something like that. Right. But there's a great article you wrote about, and I'll probably even ask you to talk, to talk about that on this show with you, but um, about the moment you realised you could be an athlete and when you basically, you beat one of the guys you were at high school with and there's this kind of beating him meant a lot and, and opened up a door of possibility to yes. you. Um, and I, I really, I loved reading that piece. There was something really special about that piece. No, those breakthrough moments are, are, are probably moments all people should record in their life and yeah, write, about, write, yeah. it, write it, write it, write it down. Yeah. Because... Um, Sometimes in, in times of doubt, you know, you can go back and reflect on those moments that, you know, here's just your normal old younger self, you know, did something that changed your, your way of thinking, right? Okay, I'm going to finish with two deep questions because I love the deep shit. You know, go, ahead, go ahead. So first of all, what could the younger you teach you now? Um, um, don't put big limitations on yourself. You know, I was just a poor kid, seven kids in my family. My parents couldn't help me out. Um, I got married at 20. We lived in a 10 by 50 trailer in a white trash trailer park, you know. Um, I had a baby uh, there and and my wife and I just, you know, never really aspired to much. I was was supposed to go to um, university and then medical school, but never quite got there because triathlon intervened. But but I, even then, I just, you know, I was just working in a liquor store. I was doing swim coaching. She was cutting hair at Supercuts. And we never, we never really thought, aspired to much, you know. We were just white trash kids, yeah. you know. And so I, I wish that the younger Scott Molina, uh, somebody would have told him, maybe my mom and dad did, that, you know, it's okay to be a white trash kid. Yeah. That, that's not a limiter for you, yeah. you know. The world's your oyster just work hard mm-hmm. and I did work hard so I must have I must have gotten some lessons along the way sometimes so I guess that would be the same the message I would have passed on to a younger Scott Malina is, is that is that where you are now is is not any kind of limit on where it's possible to go then if we flip it and we say what could the younger Scott Molina remind you that maybe you've forgotten that um Don't chase money, don't chase power, don't chase celebrity, don't chase um, what you what 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 should be the highest priority is is growth, self fulfillment, and um, and helping others. Uh, I think those are the those are the characteristics that that over time as you get more successful you you it's easy to lose sight of yeah 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 it's interesting isn't it hey awesome thanks for coming on and uh always love interview and uh good luck this weekend thank you thanks man sponsor athlinks.com yes you'll be able to put your result up there this weekend john i will sub eight and a half yes <laughs> and what you can do as well is you can get your name up there in terms of who's going to be on the start list so if you've got any races coming what up, age group are you i am 40 to 45 Phew. You're 41 in a couple of days, aren't you? I am. Keep that on the download, didn't you? Yeah, two days. Keep that on the download, <laughs> hey? Yeah. No shenanigans like last year. Yeah. Um, You're not going to be doing 100 hundreds? No, I don't And, and so. how long was your bike? 12 hours or something stupid like that? Oh, it's, it was 12 hours of pretty consistent training. 100 yeah. undies, two-hour run. I think I did about it. And I, and I did a 10K uh, run at th- under 37 minutes. Oh, really? And I, then I think I did about three hours riding as well. 
Good day. Solid. No, go to athlinks.com and the the new version of Athlinks has gone out of beta into... Oh, it's it's it's, open. It's open for business. It's looking good, looking smooth, looking faster. So if you go and, like, for example, Challenge Wrote, then it's got all the results from all the years. It's got about the race and then it's got the start list and that's where you can go in and say, I'm doing this race. You lay a bit of smackdown talk, but like Adam Wilson, he's saying two goals, sub nine and beat John Newsom. Hopefully one of those goes well for you. The other one, he's got 8.58.01. Not going to be close, buddy. Oh, Not going to be close. I do like the way John lays the smack down. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, because I put my predicted time, 8.58.02. Um, and Anthony... 8.58? You haven't been in that. Yeah, I was being a bit conservative. I did that a while ago. Mm. Uh, Anthony Aspen, he's looking at a 9.30. Uh, Nano Prazerius is going ten. 30. Vicky Jones going for 11.45 and Andrew Ward is going for 10.59.59 That's what's really cool, so when you go into a race and you can see who else is there, you can kind of check out what's happening and what kind of goal time they're going for, and, and you can lay a bit of stick Check it out, athlinks.com If you're not on there, just go on there, check out the new website, it's now updated, ready to go and you'll see just the kind of changes I've made it's looking very cool, and functionality is improving as well, so check it out, athlinks.com Okay, I'm going to put an interview with some of that campers from what do we call this camp camp care camp car because on the jersey it's got i am talk i wasn't yeah. sure if i'm talk camp care car at challenge road wow that's a mouthful you, for do you, you want to put some, something else after that and uh, if if you want to check out what we've been doing we've i've been uh, starting to post quite a few pictures from the camp and got a couple of video clips up there as well so uh, we're going through some cool places so check out our facebook page okay here we go here's some of the camp care car aka what is it I am talking Camp Care Car at Challenge Road. There we go. Okay, so I'm going to start all of these interviews with your name and where you are from. Hi, I'm Lee Davidson from Christchurch, New Zealand. Oh, from Christchurch is a good place to live. So, Lee, tell tell us a little bit about yourself. So, first of all, the question I'm going to I'm basically going to ask the same questions to everybody, and the first question is is what does triathlon mean to your life? Well, triathlon does take up a huge part uh, of, of my life and uh, and my husband Paul's as well, so very really lucky that um, I've got a partner who you know we can share that with. Um, um, what else? It's um, great fun to train for. Um, you've got three disciplines that you need to train for. You might find that you're really good at one or not so good at another, so you've always got something that you can work on. Um, you can do it rain, hail, sunshine, whatever. If the weather's crap outside, you know that you can not um, go outside for a ride, but you can go uh, swimming. I enjoy running in the rain, so I, you know I, I quite like running, running in the rain and cold. Um, what else? Um, uh, the swimming thing's always been a bit of a challenge for me, but uh, with uh, open water swim coaching, um, I've really overcome some some. You know, big fears of open water swimming, and uh, yeah, looking forward to this to the weekend. Well, for, for someone like you who who does or at least had a history of fear in open water swimming, what was the key to actually overcoming that? Um, I guess it's just having the confidence in in yourself that you've that you can that you can do it. Uh, the the coaches and people, your friends and mates all around you. I don't think we'll let you do something or try something if they don't think that you could do it. So if you put your um, your fears aside and think, okay, um, the coach is saying that yes, you can do this, um, then put your put your confidence in them uh, 
that you can do it. So, so it's almost like putting trust in, in those trust, around you. Yeah, yeah. So you have to trust yourself and, um, and and park up that fear and then, you know, trust the, the coach or whoever it is that's um, talking to you. Um, yeah, put your trust in them. And over time, with the experience of success, has that kind of fear kind of regressed? Yes, it has. Um, uh, look at Taupo this year. Taupo March um, in, in Christchurch, New Zealand, was um, really stormy. Um, whether wind was blowing up the lake, something really chronic, and putting um, a fear on a lot of people. Seventy of us didn't, or seventy people didn't make the swim cut off because the water was just so big. Um, you know, people didn't make the time cut off, or they were ill, got got rescued out of the water. And um, I think, it, you know, if you, um, you know, can can overcome those sorts of fears and just just keep going. Um, yeah, it was fine. I mean, I came out of the water about 20 minutes longer than what I, I expected, but just um, that was okay. It was all right. You know, I hadn't. Again, you have to put yourself um, in, in other people's trust that the IRB people will be there to um, to to rescue you if you've got and run and run amok. And the thing I love about kind of triathlon is this kind of sense of that we have to overcome adversity, and you know, you, what you share there is, is quite a real experience of that. So, what does that what does triathlon bring to other areas of your life? Um, I think it's sort of, uh, well, it's really good for your health and, and really good uh, diet-wise as well. I've, I've lost quite a few kilos. In fact, I've got, lost quite a few kilos to be at this triathlon that we're, we're embarking on. And um, and it makes you sort of feel good good about yourself. So your diet also, um, what, so what you're putting into your, into your body as well is is also key. It makes you feel good yep. as well as being fit. Um, yeah. Hmm. It was interesting we were talking before the conversation there's kind of this sense of you're like someone who likes to be challenged and I think there's this sense of that triathlon helps you to get that in your life hmm. uh, Yeah it's always good to have um, thing. Uh, uh, what I really love about um, triathlon is, is being part of something that's bigger than I am and um, so you never know what, what the challenge is going to throw at you so you think okay I'm going to do this triathlon it's a swim and a bike and a run but it always doesn't. It doesn't always go to plan. So, mm. um, ha- how are you going to fix it? And so that's, I guess, that's the bit that's, that's, uh, that I like is how am I going to fix it? Okay. So the water's big. Ooh, how am I going to? You know, what am I going to do? Um, I don't feel too flash on my bike. Um, is it windy, hilly, whatever? What are you going to do? Um, I always feel a little bit safe when I get to the run because uh, I think. Nothing can go wrong. I've got this. So you're not going to have a mechanical, you're not going to drown or something, you know. Um, and you can walk the run, can't you? So, uh, yeah. But still, things can go wrong. Mm. Um, don't get me wrong. Things can go terribly wrong in the run. But, you know, I sort of think, what can I do in this minute? What can I do in this moment mm. uh, to, to make it better? You know, and it's usually eat something. You've done you've done quite a few of John camps. I think you've done a few over the time. Mm. Uh, why 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 do you like the camp environment? Being with other people, like minded people, is is really good. You feel um, it's in a safe environment. Uh, you're surrounded by people um, who who are endeavouring to achieve their goals too, and and you learn lots. Um, we were talking to a guy the other day who's done twenty Ironman in. And you think, wow, 20, I've only done sort of one and a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so it's, you can just learn so much. You can learn so much from from these guys and girls. Um, Yeah, about it. It's it's fantastic. 
Mm. And being with um, the, the coaches and the support staff are really, really encouraging. So I'm, a, I'm an out-the-backer. <laughs> and um, I don't mind that. I don't mind being out there. I'm probably, you know, that's, that's where I am. That's, and I can't do anything about it. So just be happy with that. Uh, but I'm doing it. Mm. I'm doing it. And um, I'm following someone. So hopefully I'm not going to get lost. But, um, yeah, you can... Being on a camp is, yeah, it's a, a nice, safe environment surrounded by like-minded people, really. Yeah. This weekend, Challenge Roots, the, the race, um, pretty iconic race, pretty kind of a special race. Uh, what does it mean to you and what's the goal? Well, it was on the bucket list. It's been on the bucket list for oh, a few years now. And um, the goal is to do a damn sight better than I did it at Taupo, definitely. Um, we've got 15 hours cut-off mm. time, so... Um, what do you do in Taupo? I, I got pulled off the bike course, so oh, I, didn't okay. make it, okay. I didn't make it. And what did you do on your other Ironman then? So the other Ironman was 17, uh, 16 and a half hours. Oh, so there's a bit of pressure on. Yeah, so the pressure's yeah. on. And the thing is, you see, is I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I can do this because yeah. I haven't done it before. So um, that's, that's the challenge for me of... Yeah, I've got to get it in my head that yes, you can do this, and um, I think you know I'm pretty sure I can. A, a few months ago, I didn't think I could, um, and, I, and I actually sort of said, I thought, oh man, if I had to enter this route now, after you know disaster at Taupo, if I had to enter this now, I don't think I would, because mm. I wasn't feeling confident that I'd make that 15 hours, because I I don't know. Um, because that's starting the Ironman career, at, you know, in, in your 50s, it was 54 or something, 53, 54. Um, it, it was probably a bit late, but um, yeah, it's just not, it's, I know I'll be able to do it. Uh, I've just got to make sure that I do it in the 15 hours. I know I'll do it. Yeah. I know I'm really confident that I'll do it. It's awesome to hear. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. Good luck this weekend. It's pretty exciting. It is very exciting. And from experience, Rote is definitely one of the special experiences you can have in the triathlon loved journey. Loved it. Yeah. yeah, loved it. And so um, just good luck. We'll be keeping an eye on You'll hear us out there on the course. Thanks, cool. mate. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. okay, so I always start these interviews with name. Where are you from? My name's Paul, Paul House. I'm from Christchurch, New Zealand. So, so the, the, I'm kind of just using the same questions of everybody here, but the first question is, is uh, what does triathlon mean to your life? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> really? Tell no, me about it. No, no. It's just a, it's a, it's a sport that I got into in, in recent years with, um, with injuries. I started I only started when I was 50. So were you 50. doing sport before that? Not not very much. No. Team sports and that sort of thing. Doing a bit of running, but then I was getting a few injuries, you know, and they said try. I started swimming. My physiotherapist told me to start swimming, so that's why I got into doing some swimming. And then... then uh, John Newsom and uh, <clears throat> the, the House of Travel try, try, try. So I thought I'd have a go at that. Oh, wow, so you really started at that level. Mm. Wow, how cool is that? Yeah. So, um, and then it was at that QE2 before the earthquake came. We had a couple of little minor, you know, events there and sort of, sort of learnt from there. So, so why is your life different now? You know, think of the you that before 50 and the you now who has, you know, you do Ironman. <laughs> You've gone from yeah. a try, a try to Ironman in kind of like six or seven years. So what, why's, what's different? What's that added to your life? Um, I was about 90, 93 kg and um, I ended up in hospital with a, a suspect heart attack. Oh, really? 
but it was uh, it turned out I had to spend the night in hospital, and that's an eye-opening experience for anyone. And <laughs> I strongly recommend don't go there <laughs> unless you really have to. And uh, what it turned out it was uh, it was coleslaw that react gives the same sort of symptoms. Oh, wow. That coleslaw gives you the same sort of symptoms as a heart attack, and the doctors put me in there for the night. But it was a real wake-up call for your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, oh well, we'll have a go at this and do um, have a go a bit more training and different things. So, yeah. And then you got the bug. Yes, yes. And, yes, I don't know what my bank manager says. But <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> what have been some of the cool memories you've had from your triathlon kind of journey? Uh, completing my first Ironman at uh, Ironman New Zealand. Which year was like, that? Uh, 2014. Okay. And then I got... I put my name down, I don't know how I got it, but I got picked in the Challenge Wanaka Half. It was the uh, secondary selection for the Worlds, and I didn't know, I didn't know anything about it at the time. And the next minute, I'm, I'm going to China to wow. represent New Zealand and uh, my age group. I was the only one in my age group, 55 to 59 age group. What was it, yeah. what was it like racing in China in like, that, that comparison was, to New Zealand? That was, uh, that was sensational. Really? That was uh, unbelievable, you know, just the way the Chinese did everything and just being with the New Zealand team is, um, is, is fantastic, especially when you get to, your name Howells, NZL, written on the, uh, you know, the black singlet. Like, yeah. you, you didn't think at that age you'd be wearing such a thing. Yeah. Like that, it was, uh, it was uh, really cool. And being part of the team and, you know, you're lining up with Australians and... And some of the greats in the sport that you know you only hear about, they're yeah. there as well, and Americans and Canadians and that, and, yeah. and Chinese as well. And and I came eleventh. Oh know, wow! Out of it, in my really? age group, yeah, there was about uh, twenty odd guys in my age group, and when I came eleventh. I couldn't believe it. I was a bit knocked. I could have pushed a bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> Top ten. <laughs> so, so you've done a few camps in your time. Why do you like the camps? Oh, the. Because you, you're just focused on doing, you know, your best in triathlon and, and learning and also learn off of the other people. And it's really interesting where other people from what they're doing in races all around the world and um, and uh, you try to keep up with them. And some are good, some, some are bad. Yeah. <laughs> We're usually down the back end, but still plugging <laughs> away. But it's all pretty good fun. And then just being the whole team atmosphere. Mm. What about this weekend? Challenge Road is, you know, we, we talk about how Kona is kind of the mecca for our sport, but then if there's something that's close to it, it's definitely Challenge Road. Um, we're taking, I think there's going to be 6,000 competitors out on the course this weekend. It's, it's it's just such an icon on the calendar. What does it mean for you to be here? Well, it was, it was on, our, on our bucket list, and uh, when uh, when this camp came up to come over here, we, we we had to take the option. We had to go, you know, sort of thing. It's like because we went to Kona, the county camp last year, yeah. and uh, we experienced that. That was fantastic, you know. Yeah. And, and now we know what that's all about. And we've always heard about Challenge Road and off, and so we thought, well, then we we got to just do it. Yeah. So, uh, th- this weekend's going to be pretty fantastic, though, and just the whole atmosphere, um, riding through the towns and seeing mm. different people, and yeah. So we're looking forward to it. But what's the goal? Um, not everyone complete <laughs> complete it. Oh well, you know my main goal is try to do under fourteen hours. Okay, but uh, we'll see how we go. And what's your previous best? Uh, fourteen oh nine was at um, okay. High Manuzil. So if, if you have a, a, good, a reasonable day, you should be able yeah. to get there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you, uh, I'm going to finish with this question with everyone, although I missed it with Lee. But um, if you would like to, how would you describe yourself as a triathlete, as an athlete? Like if you were, oh, yeah. I'm a short, stocky. 
yeah. Rocky sort of guy. I don't yeah. look like a runner. I don't look look like it. I'm not a very good cyclist, but I'm not too bad in the swim. Yeah. You know, but uh, and what do you yeah. see your strengths? Maybe even just if, what what's the strength that you bring to the sport? Um, we help. We like to help other people, and oh, really? uh, Lee and I do sort of encourage other people in the swim swim groups. You know, in Christchurch with the swim meets, and yeah. people try to improve and. We try, you know, yeah. take on some of the young guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Try and make them look good, <laughs> and, give, and give them hell if they don't. <laughs> we beat them. What would you say to someone like? Because I imagine it's funny when you're in our little world because it's, it's a bit of a bubble, and often people don't get what we do. If you know what I mean, yeah, you say yeah. you do Ironman, and oh, yeah, that's great, but they don't really get it. How do you does what you do actually inspire those outside of this world that you know? Oh yes. Yeah, so, because I'm a self-employed electrician and uh, I go to a lot of people's places and we talk about different things and other, other than electrics, of course, you know, and you, and you meet and you say you're doing an Ironman and then they want to know all about it sort yeah. of thing and, wow, that's pretty good because I don't exactly look like an Ironman. Oh, mate, you look sharp. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so people are quite impressed. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool. Well, and I think yours is that kind of... Ultimate triathlon journey, you know, try a try. What was the distance in try a try? Um, it's a 393, you swim 300 meters, bike 9k, and then run 3k. Yeah, now look at you. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for coming on, Paul. Good luck this weekend. Smash it and rope. I'll be out there yeah. cheering for yeah. you the whole way. Yeah, and uh, thanks Thank for coming on. You're welcome. All thanks, right. Mate. I'm starting my interviews with uh, name and place. So, can you please give me your name and your place? My place. Where are you from? Tracy Watson. From Christchurch. Another Cantab. Another one. Are you, are you born and bred Christchurch? Yes. Oh, it's just so much better. Some people come and fake it, but we're <laughs> born and bred. Hey, so the question I've been starting with today is this kind of idea of what does triathlon mean to your life? It means a lot of fun. It means um, a lot of camaraderie. Um, you know, to get out there and share it all with your friends, whether it's hard or easy or in between makes it a lot of fun yeah it's yeah. really it's really obvious that that comes you it's clear as someone who sees you that's really important to you isn't it yes and is that one of the reasons you love the camps absolutely yeah you always seem to get a great mix of people and they always seem to be good people yeah 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 it's that whole kind of like-minded thing isn't it i think it is and i think we support each other whether you're an elite or you're not mm. you're still there and you want everyone to do well yeah 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 so tell me a little bit about what got you into triathlon I did triathlon when I was, I think, a teenager with the Christchurch Summer Times. Never heard Summer Times, mate. You're too young. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they were short ones. They were, I think, run by the Christchurch City Council. Yep. Great fun. Um, and then I was more so a runner, did multi-sport running. I was yep. always a runner at heart. And, and what I, kind of distance did you do when you were running? Um, normally longer, and I did some ultras. Oh, wow. Yep, um, didn't love that. What, what ultras did you do? I did uh, a couple of Keplers oh, and Queen were they Charlotte. Cool? Was the Kepler a good oh, race? Amazing. I would recommend it to anybody. So for those who don't know, it's a, it's a about 67K, pretty challenging off-road run in New yeah. South Island of New Zealand. So it's a very famous race in New yeah, Zealand. You sort of run up the mountain, across the top and down, and you're about halfway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's amazing. Oh, it really? It really is. Yeah. yeah. It's great. And so then... Well, then I had trouble with knees. I think running and knees and roads mm. um, it added up to problems. Got my knees, well, fixed surgery. And then I thought my big long running days were over. So I thought, what's the next best thing? Triathlon, that you can still do some running, mm. um, but you're not running every day. Mm. And, you know, I was told I'd never run another marathon. 
But what did they know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did you instantly fall in love with triathlon or was it like... Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I think I was lucky. When I was about 12, I swam competitively. Oh, so as a that, kid, that you is lucky. swim. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a huge advantage. Yeah. Um, we all ride our bikes. Mm. I mean, you know, you're a kid at home, everyone rides a bike. Mm. And you can run. You may not be fast, but you can run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what are your strengths within triathlon? I don't know that I have a strength as such. I'm an all-rounder, I guess. But maybe not even just like I'm better but, swimmer. But yeah, like I think it's just, I mean, you've got to have the head to do it, don't yeah, you? You've got to have yeah. the head that you just keep going. And um, when it gets tough, you just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any kind of, what motivational strategies do you use in that moment? I have promised myself in races that I never have to do another one. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that I go, this is it. You just have to finish this race. And you never have to do another one. Oh, really? And that just gives me that it's okay, but you've got to finish. Okay. And then as soon as you're finished, you're normally planning the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny you said that we we had lunch together today and you were talking about that. You were saying how, you know, it was this kind of negotiation of you've got seven miles. Maybe tell it yourself that in a race you're 7K to go. Particularly Taupo, Ironman. Yeah. Yeah, it's 7Ks out, 7Ks back three times. And so it's... It's not easy, but you just say you've only got to get seven Ks. Mm. And then you've got to get seven Ks back. Mm. And then you do it again, another seven Ks. You can do seven Ks. Yeah. And then you can do another seven Ks back to base. Yeah. You know, and you, it's easy to say you only have to do it three times, but you only do seven Ks. Mm. And so you're not going to bite off anything that's too big. Okay, so it helps to yeah. chunk it down. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think even when I was a multi-sport pad, you know, multi-sport padder, um, you still always did one bit at a time. You never think about, like when I'm swimming, you're not thinking about doing the marathon. No. Just bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's achievable. Um, this weekend you've got Challenge Road coming up. It's a big, big race. Um, what, does, what does this race mean for you? Maybe what's the goal for you in the race? Goals to finish. Oh, really? Just to get there? Because <laughs> you've got an injury right now, haven't you? I do. I've got an, a foot injury. But to f- finish with a smile on my face, yeah. and I will genuinely be happy. I mean, I think this is an amazing event, mm. and I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Um, the hype in the, in the township, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 And the more you, time you spend with other athletes, you just feed off that. Yeah. yeah. It really is cool, isn't it? It is. You rode the course every day. What are your thoughts on the course? On the bike, at least? Fabulous. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. Rolling hills. Well, they're not really hills. Yeah. Undulations depending on where you've ridden. Um, I mean, it's beautiful, and it's a smooth road surface. You know, you couldn't ask for much more. Yeah. 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 Um, just just thoughts for those people who are maybe thinking about doing like a road or – because the thing that you seem to have is a commitment to experience triathlete, triathlon outside of your local area. Yes. You know, like you've travelled a bit with it, you get amongst it. You know, a lot of people don't really maybe commit that. What would be your advice to someone who's maybe thought about doing something like a camp or an overseas race? What would you say? I mean, it's, you're always sharing it with like-minded people, and I think that, that makes it. Mm. Um, I think the hard part is, for me, was always, what if I go over somewhere a long way, a lot of money, and it doesn't work out? But it's an experience, yeah. and you grow from it. Yeah. yeah. Well, how would you like to be thought of as a triathlete? I would like to think that people would think that I enjoy what I do. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the secret to all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it definitely comes across. Cool. Look, I Thanks. can tell you that people think that. It's a, <laughs> Great. Hey, well, thanks, Tracy, and good luck this weekend. Thank and you. We're out there cheering you along, and uh, we'll see you out there. Excellent. Awesome, Thank, you. Thank you. I'm starting my interviews with your name and where you're from. I know your, where you're from has a two-part answer, but tell us about it. Sure. So uh, I'm Jeremy Ryan. I'm uh, from New Zealand originally, from Wellington, ah, uh, but I stuff. live in the UK these days. Coming up to coming up to 10 years in the UK. When you live somewhere for 10 years, when do you start seeing yourself as a person from that place? 
It hasn't happened yet. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you know, because it must happen. Like after twenty five years, do you see yourself as a palm or? I don't, that's never going to happen. <laughs> that's never going to happen. No. You always go for the All Blacks. No, I've got an Irish passport and I'm, I'm a Kiwi, so. Okay. Yeah. Hey, so um, so the question I've kind of been starting with is, is what is triathlon in your life? Oh, it's been a pretty constant presence for the last ten years or so. Um, but, but lately, uh, probably. It's been a bit more intermittent. Yeah. So it's really been in my head more than probably uh, training as much as I would like. But uh, it's always there. What's it, what's it like in that place? You know, because if you've been doing it for 10 years, I imagine you've had some peak periods, yep. some really disciplined periods. And then you go through these periods where I know life or other things take you away from it. How do you deal with that? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it just, it's just, life just happens. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll have done an Ironman, and then a few years go by, and I think, oh man, I haven't I haven't done anything for okay. for so long. So um, I've had to try and think a bit more about it, and try and, and commit to it a bit more. Okay, so uh, it takes a bit more kind of discipline to actually just do it now. Well, it should, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, it hasn't really worked out that way, but yeah. that was one of the reasons I signed up like for, for the camp here. I was doing, I was training, I was I was in a good groove. I heard you guys talking about this and I knew about the race and I thought wow you know this is a great opportunity mm. so sign me up and, yeah. and it was a long time away <laughs> man I'm going to be so sharp I'm going to smash this I'm going to smash this this is going to be great but um, yeah you know it hasn't happened quite that way but I'm still here and I'm going to enjoy it so you, you, you from Wellington you've been UK for about 10 years were you doing triathlon in New Zealand yeah I was yeah so what's what's the difference between you know now you're in London big city what's what's the difference for an athlete in Wellington to those in the UK oh it's a huge difference yeah really in what difference. way well where I worked in, in Thorndon in Wellington we had the Thorndon pool like 50 metres up the 100 metres up the road yeah. you could swim at lunchtime. Uh, you could go for a run around the, the harbour um, we used to even sometimes take take bike rides up you know up in the, the hills up up into um, behind Johnsonville and uh, also around the bays. Yep. So I can't do any of that out of my office. Oh, really? I, I could run along the Thames and stuff and dodge people, yeah. um, but I just don't. I, I do all my training at home or on the weekends or, uh, you know, I have a pool between my place and the train station, so you know, I can fit that into my routine probably best. UK seems to be very strong at triathlon. Um, what's, what, why do you feel that's the case? I don't really know. Um, it's is it a good scene where you are. Like, is there a good uh, community of where I am? It's I'm very very much not involved okay. uh, with a club or any sort of scene. I know there are a lot of people doing it, and, mm. and you do there are a lot of events, which is cool. Mm. And you do see a lot of people out and about when you when you go training, um, you know, on the aero bars and stuff, which is which is nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they're so successful. I wish uh, you know we could yeah, bottle that up and bring Kiwis it to bring it to New Zealand. Not so, so sharp right now. I'm not sure. What um, wh- have you done camps before? I have. Yeah, I've done a few. We we do um, we do well. We do like a multi day thing every year through work. It's like a five day cycle tour. Which oh wow. is, uh, Which is awesome. And we've, I've done that the last four years in a row and then I've done a couple of like training weekends or long weekends I've done them in like Spain or uh, also back in New Zealand as well that's a great environment and I, I really enjoy it what, 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 what's the value of a camp? oh just having that focused period where you can um, you, you just forget your, your emails and yeah. your work and, and you hang out with people who 
are all focused on a goal and they're very positive and uh, like really interesting backgrounds. Yeah, it is, that's one of the really cool things, isn't it? Like last oh, time we did much. the introductions and just such a diverse group of people, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. Um, and, and as you said, it kind of it's a moment to shut off, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and especially on the long rides. You know, I can't I can't worry about work or any stuff like that. Um, or check my emails on my, my BlackBerry or any yeah. stuff. You know, I can't do that on a bike, and I don't even think about it. So mm. it's a nice mental uh, break. This weekend, uh, your your kind of thoughts on road, uh, and then maybe your goal. Oh well, I mean, it's funny to be here at such an iconic race. It doesn't. I guess the town is kind of still quite quiet, so it doesn't really feel like there's a big build up yet. Um, but I've seen the photos of it, I've seen the, the crowds on the course. Um, it's going to be really interesting to experience that. Um, and as for myself, I guess I'm just going to try and get through it, really. I'm not yeah. really where I want to be. So. You're a little bit injured as well, aren't you? Uh, as of today, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. so it's, how was it? The car, you pulled just your calf a little, little, little calf tweak. Yeah. Um, we had some good massage, so. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Just message just kind of pops there his head, is, isn't it, as you talk yeah, about yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so the goal is, just, how many I mean have you done? This will be my sixth one. Oh wow! Yeah. And which which other ones have you done? Uh, I've done Ironman New Zealand three times. Yep. So it's two thousand seven, eight, and ten. I think and I did two thousand seven. Uh, I think I did. Back in that yeah. probably my last Ironman New Zealand. Back in the day. I really love that race. I think it's great. Yeah, it uh, is. Isn't I it? hope to do it next year. Actually. So. Oh really? So uh, yeah, that would be that would be cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. What else? Challenge Barcelona two thousand nine. What was that like? That was that was great actually yeah really cool yeah it's my best bike time it was yeah. smooth tarmac roads on a on a closed motorway oh and, really and uh, you could just, Smash just it. head down and go yeah and uh, when I tried to run after that it was uh, it was pretty rough actually oh really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and in and one more uh, yeah I'm in Mallorca in 2014 what was that like oh brilliant very slow but but cool it was a yeah. sea swim non-wetsuit swim which I was really nervous about but it, it worked out and so fine. what is that like without the wetsuit like I've never experienced it oh I mean yeah I was really worried but I'd done some good swim training leading into it and I think in the salt water um, was more buoyant than I kind of mm. figured and mm. yeah I just chilled out and enjoyed it it was beautiful water and beautiful weather um, and by the end of it I was just like yeah this is this is great yeah. I'll do another one I wouldn't I wouldn't have that kind of fear uh, that I did have. Yeah. How would you like to be thought of as a triathlete? I know I'm getting deep. That's how I roll. I don't yeah. know. Um, well, I'm just like anyone else. I'm just trying to do something I enjoy and try and do it as best I can, uh, given all the stuff that's going on in my life. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I don't really mind. I don't really care what people think of me as a triathlete because I, yeah. I do it for my own reasons. Yeah. But I think in a group like this, I'd just like to think, you know, I'd get stuck in and try and do, do my best, yeah, really. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's all about, isn't it? Hey, well, thanks, Jeremy. You've been a bloody rock star. Good luck this weekend. We'll be cheering you along, and uh, game on. Hey, thanks, Bitman. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Okay, so I'm starting all my interviews with name and where you are from. I'm Seth Bidding. I'm from Rosland, British Columbia in Canada. British Columbia. Why is British Columbia always defined as kind of separate from Canada? No idea. Yeah, because people always talk about British Columbia. Okay. Anyway, um... You come into this week, you were telling me, you don't mind talking about kind of the, the thing you go for your breathing? Oh, sure. Yeah, so so tell us a little bit about this. You're, you're a pretty, what, what, normally when you're doing Ironman, what kind of, what's your best Ironman time? My best Ironman time is uh, 9.32. Okay, so you're pretty smoking hot. Uh, and you have a problem with your breathing at times. Tell us about that. 
Well, it's it's quite frustrating because I don't really know what causes the issue, and it's been going on for multiple years. And initially, it was sort of thought to be asthma, but it hasn't really responded to typical asthma treatments. And two or three times a year, it, it gets so bad I can I can't. Uh, train at all and sometimes it gets so severe I've ended up in in the emergency in the hospital and having to go on uh, pretty significant medication like prednisone to and when it's happening what what are you what's the experience you go through well predominantly it's it's frustration trying to uh, have athletic goals that I'm not able to pursue um, in a way that I have in the past and that I know I'm capable of. Yeah, yeah. Because so when you go through experience, you struggle to breathe. Basically, is what really happens. Yeah, like I guess the best uh, the best description is just air hunger. Like I just really? like you know if you're if you're doing a intense effort, it's usually your muscles that are limiting yeah. you. Yeah, and this is uh, definitely just can't get an air in even at a very kind of pedestrian pace and so how do you deal with it mentally you know you're 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 pretty top in triathlete um, obviously pretty dedicated to the sport um pretty successful what you do but then you have these kind of out of your control experiences which mean that you're limited you feel limited in what you can achieve how do you mentally deal with that oh it's it's a real mental battle yeah, I can definitely imagine. and so part as i mentioned before the frustration of not knowing what the trigger is and exactly what's going on is the toughest part. Um, if it's if it's something that is known, then it's it's very different than a yeah because it's an that's unknown. Yeah. yeah. So to answer your question, I, I during those periods, it's a shift of focus away from kind of the goal I'm pursuing and and hoping that uh, ultimately it will pass because there's not a lot else I can do in those those times. Mm. Uh, as a triathlete, uh, what are your strengths? No, no, not just even I'm a good bicyclist, you know, what do you see as are your strengths as a triathlete? Um, personally, is dedication to the sport and that's part of the attraction to me is this is for me an, an experiment of one. So I'm, I'm very much interested in tweaking the trainings to create the best outcome possible. And, and um, I don't feel like I've been consistently able to, to do those type of experiments in the last few years because of this problem. Mm. You're an orthopedic surgeon. Um, it does endurance sport, what are your thoughts about endurance sport? You know, because obviously you often have to deal with some of the issues of overtraining and stuff like that. How, how do you feel that fits in with a healthy balance of lifestyle? Yeah, it's it's definitely a balance. And as you're well aware, there's, there's a lot of individuals in this sport who uh, don't necessarily have that balance. Mm. And I, in the past, I've, I've probably fallen into that kind of yeah. over, over uh, ambitious uh, category where other things maybe take a backseat at times and and I think I've matured and part of this uh, struggle that we've been alluding to has kind of given me a different perspective oh, really? and and uh, made me realize that other things are probably more important or certainly as important because I imagine you work pretty hard like uh, you don't have a, a low-key job so how do you manage the life around a very kind of demanding job and a demanding sport 
Well, I think I think they do complement each other, and so a lot of a lot of what I get out of the sport, aside from just the achievement and the performance, is the stress relief mm. and being able to really focus on that. The training um, allows me to kind of forget about work for a while and and uh, other life stresses that exist. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you done mini camps before? Uh, I, I've done many camps before, starting with uh, Epic Camp Australia back in 2005. Oh, that was like one of the first ones. Gordo and uh, Scott and uh, some of the Swedish guys like Chris Klaus. Mc- was Chris on there as well? Chris McDonald? Chris McDonald wasn't on oh, that one, okay. but uh, Bjorn Andersen yeah. and Klaus Björling and Was that the one where the guy was riding down the hill and his wetsuit came? And it, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He... Uh, yeah, it took a tumble on the way down to... Uh, pretty bad, wasn't it? Lost a few What was feet. it like? Because at that time, Epic Camp was pretty new. It was kind of out there in regards to training camps at that time. Uh, did you know what you were getting into and what was what was kind of your journey in it? No, I, I went to a talk at uh, Ironman Canada that year by Gordo on, okay. on nutrition and just was picking his brain about training. And he said, well, if you really want to learn what it's about, come on this Epic Camp. And as it worked out, I was going to... Uh, Australia that year for some of my uh, education and so it worked out ideally and I was able to join the group and met some lifelong friends there and uh, but it it certainly was a unique experience that shaped my training following that as Mm, well. mm, It's pretty fun and the mental you get from it as well isn't it you know you just learn there's another level don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there's still many gains, but it's just that kind of, oh, no, I've got this, you know, that comes from that, isn't it? Uh, This weekend, I know that you're saying that this last few months have been a little bit frustrating because uh, the health thing you have to go through kind of limits what you hope to, you could achieve. But what is the goal and and what does doing rote mean for you? Well... I have changed my perspective uh, as I haven't been able to prepare to the extent that I was hoping to. And so my goal on the weekend is to race. I know it sounds cliche, but it's to race the race to the best of my ability on the day. And and I feel lucky at this point that I'm here and um, I feel healthy right now, uh, even if my fitness isn't quite where it should be. So I, I feel like I'm going to be able to quote unquote race as opposed to just participate. Great. So great. That's, great. that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, good luck this weekend. Thank you so much for your time and good luck in, in your health moving forward, you know, and, and just keep doing what you're doing, mate. You're doing great. Thanks, Bev. Awesome, mate. Okay. We're going to start with your name and where you are from. So Thierry and I'm from Geneva, Switzerland. What got you into triathlon? Um, I played a lot of golf when I was younger and at uni and I just wanted a different challenge and that's, I don't know, I found out about triathlon from a friend of mine and joined my local tri club when I lived in the UK, the Lincoln Tri Club, so for those who listen. And, uh, Go Lincoln. Yeah, so it's just, uh, just, a, just a question, A, for the golfers out there, what was your handicap? Uh, four. Oh wow, so you were really yeah. good at golf. Uh, um, my handicap was like 48. <laughs> <laughs> But it's really interesting contrast here because golf is such a skills-based sport. Yeah. Now, it's not that skills aren't important in triathlon, but it's less skills-based. It's, it's very much more of a kind of just a work ethic kind mm. of sport. So what was the, 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 the change like for you? Um, yeah, it's completely different. And I guess that's what I was looking at. You know, look, and that's what I wanted to have something completely different. Uh, but it's, it's also quite 
it's not endurance, but you, you're out there for three to four hours as well yeah. on the course. So yeah, you are, aren't you? It yeah. is quite similar. And uh, and actually, one day with a friend of mine, we did a hundred holds in one day. Wow! So that was that was a long day out. So how long were you in it for? I don't remember now. It was a long time ago, but it was from five in the morning until seven or eight. And how evening. was your body the next day? Like imagine um, your core. It's pretty sore because you just you're just a long walk. You know, it's, yeah. It's, I did the math right. About four and a half rounds of golf, or yeah. five and a half rounds of golf, and it's, yeah, it's quite, it's quite long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, but it was fun, and I guess that's where I get the taste of the endurance and whatever. And then I don't know. I was always fascinated as a child uh, to the Ironman and Hawaii, and so I don't know. Triathlon was seemed like the the right thing to do, and I like to mix up some sports and uh, yeah. But you, it seems like you've been in triathlon for a while now. So what keeps not, it so appealing? Well, not a while. It's been 2009, I guess. Yep. So, yeah. But it still spins your wheels? Yeah, yeah. I still love it. I'm and still what do you love about triathlon? Um, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, again, every every day is a different sport, a different thing to do, different course. You meet different people. And uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I just like it. I just love it. It's, uh, you know, whether you want to... It's just a, the, to bring the three sports together, which is the, the challenging part. You know, you seem to... To nail one sport and then you're you're bad at the other and good at another one. Yeah. It's just so it's uh, yeah that's that's why I like. What um what's the sport like in Geneva? Is it popular there? Yeah, it is quite popular. Um, it is quite popular in the Geneva Lausanne area, and uh, you've got quite a few clubs, uh, quite strong clubs. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I just tend to tra- train as an individual on my own because time-wise, it's yeah, quite family. difficult. Diff- yeah, fit around family and work. But uh, yeah, it's it's quite a popular sport. We've got some pretty good. Uh, Good professional guys. We had a, we had a few medals as well in the Olympics, you know. Mm. So it's a no. It, it is a popular sport, but it's it's not as popular as football or uh, soccer or yeah. or uh, ice hockey. These, these are the two or skiing, uh, cross country skiing. Yeah. These are the main sports, and triathlon is still a bit niche. But uh, you, I like you, it. you've been in the sport for about eight years now, and in that time you've had two children. Yeah. Uh, so how does life change from being the guy who could probably be a bit more selfish because you don't have as many yeah. life demands to then fitting the sport around a family? Uh, yeah, it's changed a lot. I mean, when I started, I you know I wasn't I was single and you know it could just, <laughs> just train your just life train. Away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Now it's a little bit different. I mean, uh, you you have to just fit it around your around family and around work. So uh, you know the early morning starts or you know go to go to work with my bike and you know I, I do a lot of training at uh, lunch oh, lunch break yeah, yeah. so uh, and then in you know, on the weekends it's a really early start and to try not to uh, or if we go to um i don't know if we go to the zoo for example i'll just run back you yeah. know and you know things like that you know yeah. try to be a bit clever and try not to be too um upset if i miss a session because you you know in the end that's not yeah. the most important thing in life you know and yeah. family is so be a bit more accepting yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. but you know, of course, uh, my wife is really, really supportive of what oh, I that's do. Great. So, and how do you make sure you give back? Because you know, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, like how do you make sure you do that, or how do you do that? Well, you have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to make sure that the time you spend with the kids and with my wife, are quality time. You know, and yeah. that's, uh, that you're not compromising any anything. So, it's um, yeah, it's I don't know. You have to be very um, yeah. When when you're when you're out there training, it's um, you know I know it's my time, it's my me time, and then once the bike is back in the garage, that's it, it stops, you know, and it's family time, and you just spend 
whatever it is. So you might have a cramp here and there, but you yeah. just, you know, you know, you have to spend time with the kids and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, I like to have a packed life. So yeah. it certainly is these days. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. Uh, as a triathlete, how do you, how do you see yourself? Like, as, as, you know, like, how would you like to be thought of as a triathlete? question i mean uh, there's no easy question i'd <laughs> <laughs> like to be thought of i mean it's a uh, you have to have a quite a, a a good work and work ethic you know around training and everything quite structured um training so that's that's what i i quite like and i like to approach sessions you know in a i'm still coached as well and I'm the same coach since i started oh wow and so it's um that's that's what i like about the sport as well is that it's you know you've got a Go, go out there, give your best and um, try to, you know, especially since I'm quite time um, poor, yeah, poor exactly. I've got to make sure that the sessions are quality, mm. uh, all quality efforts. And um, what I like to, yeah, I don't know. I, li I like to, to think that, you know, I'm just giving everything I've got in each yeah. session, each uh, each race. Uh, and I've learned as well a lot about myself. You know, at the beginning, you know, you just... Uh, you go a little bit easy, a bit conservative, and as time goes and as years goes by, you know, a bit you learn more about yourself, and then you just race harder and harder and harder, and that's that's what I like about it. And what's 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 your PB currently for an Ironman? An Ironman, it's eleven for eleven forty or eleven fifty. And so, what's and the goal for this weekend? Well, the goal is, I mean, I I did this I signed up really because it was the camp. It's Roth, you know. I just always wanted to do this race, so it was, it was, I couldn't miss it basically. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, the goal will be to go as close below 11, sub 11. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, if you do the maths and you <laughs> add up all disciplines, Put it together. I, can, <laughs> I should be able to do around 10 30. Oh, great. Because my in Mallorca, I is it my it was 11 40 or 11 50. I, I just I was stung by jellyfish, so it was, oh, really? in the yeah, race, yeah, so oh, I had wow. pretty bad cramps, so that kind of ruined the race. For, oh, yeah, from that's a good excuse, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think I can ultimately my goal will one day to go sub 10, yeah, but uh, I'm you know, I'm not there yet with yeah. me, but uh, I think, um, you know, around 10 30, 10 30, 11, I'll be really happy with that and but i'm just going out i'm just here to to enjoy it and gain some experience i'm relatively young in the sport as well so mm. it's um any race i can do and any long distance it's it's a good experience just just lastly um being in europe like wrote seems like you know it's interesting for even in new zealand it's kind of like you well you want to hawaii hmm. and you want to write or maybe i'm in new zealand Monaco as well but um in europe does what does rote mean in europe it's yeah, it's quite a big race. I mean, it's for, for the triathletes, I guess. It, yeah, it is a, it, it's a it's a big race. There's a few of them, like Nice. Yeah, is a big one. Roads. Um, yeah, it's. I guess I, I mean I like, I'm a big fan of history as well, the sport, yeah. and uh, I mean I studied history as well. So, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's. Um, yeah, it's got the whole meaning behind it, you know, and as well the the crowd support and everything. And I think everybody looks at this race just, yeah, it's the one you really want to do. Mm. Um, and 
I guess it's got yeah it's a, it's a it's a really popular course you can see it it's just sold out super easy it's yeah. all the time that's as well why I really wanted to do join yeah, the camp you know to, your entry, yeah. yeah and she's in so that's and that's sorted and um yeah it's uh, it's just a really popular course in Europe and you you can see actually all the pros come back to it you know the the the, the main all the big guys didn't you know might not get any points for anything yeah. to qualify you know for for why for sure it's a different thing but the they all come back and they yeah. all seem to say it's the best course, you know, it's the best events, the yeah. organization. And uh, yeah, no, I like it. And, you know, we did already uh, one lap of the the bike ride and it's just, uh, it, you can see why it's a fast course. Yeah. And it's just a great, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, good luck, mate. Hey, we'll see you out there on the weekend. Thanks for coming yeah. on and uh, good luck, mate. Come yeah. on. Cheers. Awesome. Thanks. Okay, Jumbo, we are done for today's show. So we'll get another show out tomorrow. We're going to a couple pros mm-hmm. and we'll get a few more epic camp. I'm sorry, Kim Kikaha. I'm talking Kim Kikaha at Challenge Road interviews up uh, for you guys tomorrow as well. If you're enjoying the show, and obviously we've just been doing the camp stuff today, but if you enjoy the show and you want to kind of let people know about what we're doing in the next few days, just share it on your social media or if you're triathlon buddies, and mm. I'm sure that's a value of what we're doing over the next period of time. John Boat, what's, what, what, what have you been doing? Because I haven't seen you. I missed you. Five weeks or so, is it? Yeah, it probably was, yeah. Yep. I got an email from someone that said, you're home yet? <laughs> no, <laughs> no so got a couple another weeks. week to go. Yeah. Uh, so I've been training the house down. Obviously, came back from Kona and had you know a couple of weeks, three weeks of training to get done and dusted. Yep, gone really well, especially given it's the middle of winter. Uh, had a good, you know, solid long ride with the Holy Hammer, where we rode about four hours. at sort of Ironman effort, and that was a good ass kicking training session. Um, got my ass handed to me a little bit in terms of uh, just need to rein things back in a bit. But then what do you mean? Is it oh, too hard? Just oh, I, I was intentionally going slightly above what I think I'm capable of doing okay. and didn't quite get the nutrition in and also was my bike had a bro- broken part on my bike and so I was on the roadie and so I could I was sort of sitting up so it was a great training session but good reality check mm. um, but then I think the week after did a half Ironman si- simulation with the Filinator and nailed that one out of the park so kind of feeling that I'm as, as ready as I could be for this um, for this race had some good quality running so good to go Bevan, one minute or two minute travel update. Your your time starts now. Well, we started in Paris. Paris is always pretty cool. Tell you what, you do notice that they're trying to keep the tourists away. Mm. Yeah. Us Kiwis. We see a gun and we're like, whoa, what and is that? It's not even just guns, it's like machine guns, you know, mm-hmm. guys standing on corners. And when we were in Paris, uh, one day, we're just walking down, what's the river that goes through Paris? The Seine. Okay, we're walking down there, and Paris is so beautiful, and literally like five piece cars, woo, 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 but in the car, guys with guns hanging out, Jesus. all balaclavas going down, and you're just thinking, I have to admit, in the first part of the holiday, there was an awareness around kind of the whole tourism, mm-hmm. and then immediately it's kind of faded as the trip's gone away, and, and I've definitely made sure it hasn't restricted me but that was kind of cool so we went to Paris just the, the Paris thing don't you turn your me microphone's off microphone's not on oh, I'm working don't, don't do me okay. off <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we went to Amsterdam I, I did I did do the Amsterdam experience John I got a little yes. bit happy dappy on it mm-hmm. uh, that was interesting fun for Joe interesting to say the least mm-hmm. uh, and then we went from Amsterdam to Berlin and that was we did a lot of walking tours and I tell you what, if you if you're going to Europe, you're going to spend a lot of time walking anyway because it's kind of the nature of the beast. But some of the tours in Berlin is just such an interesting place with what happened in the war and the wall and all that. So it's pretty fascinating. There's so much about the wall I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And like the way, do you know how it came down? 
so, the wall. No. Well, so yeah. basically, what happened was there was a guy who was like the Communist Party media liaison, mm-hmm. and the Communist Party had, had some kind of meeting. And then the media liaison didn't really read the notes properly. So he goes up in front of the media and he says, well, we can open the wall because he hadn't read the notes. And, and they go, are you sure about that? And he's kind of looking at his notes. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't actually right. He was incorrect. And so then the public basically all went to the wall thinking it was open. And the guards at the wall were told, don't let them through. Mm. But there was just too many people. They got overwhelmed. And that's basically what broke down the wall on Merlin Wall. Merlin Wall. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and then from there we went to Prague. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, had one of those those ice creams that everyone talks about in Prague. Uh, and then and Prague's pretty busy. Pretty busy in Prague, mm-hmm. but pretty beautiful. And then we went to... Budapest. Budapest. Mm-hmm. I know you holiday better than you do. Yeah, you do. And that's pretty cool. And then came here. So it's been, it's been really awesome, actually. It's a tiring trip because one thing you don't do in Europe is you don't have poolside. You know, you, the hotels aren't... You do this afternoon. Well, yeah, we're going to chill today, but... You know, if you go to like a, an America or, or, or normally when you stay in those big hotels, mm. you can just have a day where you relax. Whereas Joe would just, after about three weeks, we were just shagged because just yeah. walking so much. So that's kind of cool. So it's been a great trip. And now we're just doing this. So it's all good. Just one thing. Tell you what, what would be your tips to people about bikes? Because on our camp, we've got what, 23 athletes? About that, yeah. And four head bike problems in So travel. main tips are when you travel, Put your bike shoes, your bike pedals, your helmet, and a pair of running shoes, and probably a pair of togs in your hand luggage. Yeah. So if your bike doesn't turn up, at least then you can possibly borrow a bike, and you've got your shoes and your pedals to to, to swap out. Um, you can go running, and you can go swimming, and then you've just got to hang tight until your bike gets there. So yeah, it was a record, I think, for <laughs> missing bikes. We usually have one or two when we go to camps, but we had four, and a number of them took a little bit of time to get here. So that's the advantage of us being here um, you know, well over a week in advance. So they're all here now, and everybody's happy. I would say as well, if you're doing something that's really important to you, maybe try to get there a day or two earlier, mm. if you can afford to. Mm. You know, like Because everyone's bike was sorted in a couple of days, but there was a lot of stress you know, mm. if, you know, for some people around that. And so if you are someone who knows that you know that you're going to do it like an important race mm-hmm. or a camp and it's starting on a certain day if you turn up the day before and you lose two days well that can really ruin your experience mm. whereas if you can afford now there is a cost but if you can mm. afford to be there a couple of days early and it's a key race for the year you'd probably be able to do that exactly. so that's, that's Bevan's tip anyway John we're going to be done oh sponsors athlinks.com uh, social networking for endurance athletes extreme endurance your lactic buffer and a couple more of our patrons that are on the camp Terry my roommate over the next two days dirty little secret Bessity Chris Jetstream Doherty and Mr Sausage Ollie Jenner he said he, he loves it because the, the girls like it <laughs> and I think he found a sausage machine down in the lobby or something today all day oh really yeah. oh that's gold that's yeah. gold okay guys so we'll be back tomorrow let's wrap it up Jombo I'm Russ. I'm in. Don't train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.